Revolution of Girl. Anyway, all right, we should probably actually record the podcast. Sorry, I'm no, like, at, like, at the end of the term, like the greatest anime of all time is Attack on Titan. It's just flawless. Uh, Going no. to kick you out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. The latest season, I will say, has gotten me back. The, the, I did not enjoy the show. I watched it because I kind of had to, right, just to keep up with it. This last season, I'm kind of vibing with. Like, it's kind of as is ridiculous. Is it less fashy? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, did no, they it's, take the fascism out? No, well, no. It's sort of like two, <laughs> it's sort of like two fascies going up against each other. And the one's kind of like realizing they've been fascy for a long time. <laughs> two right? fascisms, like, but yeah, only it's... one can win. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Only one will be the two fascists and two curious. I'm still just wish- thinking about like that 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 tweet from a few months ago that was like uh, Attack on Titan is the only show that has female characters that has uh, that can also fight and men are scared of this and that's why they criticize it or something like what? that. Like some incredibly insane thing. People really do be just saying anything. <laughs> Right. Yeah, like, that's so true. If you, if you literally only watch Sean and anime, yeah, it's like I, with my like long experience of watching only titty anime, have found that Attack on Titan is the most progressive of them all, um, and I will not yeah. watch anything else. Oh, of course, that's what it is. That's so funny. Oh my god, it's just what I thought. To be honest, I did think you were gonna end like halfway through that sentence, just like it's the only anime with women. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Hey, listen. I mean, I can't name another woman in an anime. Yeah, now that I think yeah. about it, I, th- yeah. I think it might be the only anime with women in it. Uh, listen, why why do you have to choose between uh, boob animes and awesome women animes? Just watch Kill a Kill. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just watch Sword Art listen, Online. I'm remembering how bad anime is. Kill a Kill is one of my S-tier animes. If I, if I, I, yeah. I really like Kill a Kill, yeah. Kill a Kill, but it's like, yeah, obviously it has its huge problems. Though. See, if I did my, one of my backup ideas, um, I, I do my, uh, you know, I, I don't get any academic job. I'm stuck doing some middle management thing for the rest of my life to, like, you know, off myself in the uh, office lounge. Um, and so my YouTube channel would be called, but I would still have that PhD. So my YouTube channel would be called <laughs> Dr. Weeb, um, yes. and I would just give, like, really long, in-depth defenses or like, things of anime. And my very first one was, like, Kill a Kill is good. Kill a Kill is a show that starts out where you're like, is it horny that there's, like, kind of loose clothes, like, not that much clothing? And then the- it ends with everyone naked in a giant pile, just, like, happy. Like, that, like that's a transformation. <laughs> that's a... <laughs> that's the <that's> development. <laughs> I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real weeb. <laughs> That's um, good. <laughs> oh, it hurts. It hurts. The truth hurts. Let's go, gamers. <laughs> uh, I've been stalling so long with, like, talking um, <laughs> about unrelated stuff because I have genuinely nothing to say about, like, the final quarter of this book.
Oh, I'll, we'll we'll get you to say stuff. Yeah, I think. I feel like a lot happened. Um, first of all, uh, welcome murderinos. Um, I'm not stealing that from another podcast. That's <laughs> I made that, I made that up. Uh, welcome murderinos to the Growth Killer Chronicles. There are many chronicles in this killing zone. I'm Sarah, and I'm in a bit of a food coma, so other people can can go. Um. <laughs> um. I'm Robin, and oi, I've got a real pronounced <laughs> accent, but you won't know what it is, lassie. <laughs> Try and guess. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Summer, and I'm here too. <laughs> and I'm Janosch, and I'm just a little dragon. Aww. Oh, whoa, a little dragon. Just a little dog and addicted to dogs. Uh, Daniel, yeah. I, I'm I'm uh, Daniel, and I'm the tinker who goes. Actually, the original language uh, translation should, should should not really be. You know, that's 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 me. I'm I'm that I'm that tinker. That was great. Yeah, that's, I that's... mean, you know, they're called tinkers because they really think about things. You know, he out- actually about- the mm. actually man. Whenever I hear tinker, Ooh. I think of that um, part of Tommy Boy where. Uh, his like perverted uncle comes in and goes, "Don't mind me while I fiddle about." And it's like I hear fiddler and tinkerer, and just like it's, it's not good. The Who ruined me, and this book makes me think of the Who, so I, that's not a good sign. Look, it's a good album. I like Tommy. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah. what's it? Was it Uncle? The, what? the Tommy movie is. <laughs> well, it sure is. It sure is. Kind of like this book. It's fucking Ken Russell, right? Yeah. Oh no! Wait, I'm thinking of um, the Listomania where they had Roger Daltrey riding around on a six foot wooden penis. That's that's Mm. also Um, a movie to symbolize his big boner. Yeah. So where do you do do your do your intro? I guess, but because I don't, I legit Uh, don't know where to start with this. Um, (laughs) I was gonna write down write out a summary that was gonna be really neat and neat and neat 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 and nice. Um, but instead, I ate a 20 centimeter wide okonomiyaki and uh, put myself in a coma. So we're going to improv this off the back of my brain. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the things that happen in these chapters are both. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> That's I'm just it's a sign of respect uh, yeah. to the literature. Kvoth, uh needs to go up to town because there was blue fire at a wedding and that's Opa Chandrian style, so he's gotta go there. He buys a horse with much flair, he goes up to the town the, the he Dana is there because of reasons. Also Dana has like the shiftiest patron ever. Uh, they Kvoth and Dana go to where their wedding was, they make an investigation check, Kvoth rolls pretty low. Dana rolls slightly higher, I don't know, but also she's like, hey, Kvoth, come wander around in the woods with me for three days because of reasons. Um, they wander around in the woods for three days because of reasons they meet a man with an accent. Uh, they also meet a uh, dragon, who the dragon is addicted to a drug plantation that it found. Uh, so they're like, oh, we got to kill the dragon because the dragon is a drug addict uh, and have been on the society so they kill the dragon and then Kvothe goes back to the university he f- figures out the name of the wind and also Iri is like hey come to my house and then the bit kind of ends also there's a scene in the Waystone Inn where a guy comes in and he's fucking possessed and the book sort of just it doesn't really end it more stops okay yeah. that's it stops going 
Um, I got a like a large section of my notes on this is just like ah, name of the horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I literally just skipped ahead. To, I did not want to read any of the horse stuff. Oh my it's God. boring. Oh, it's the I, most yeah. okay, side right, questing right. plot I could have ever ever written it's just like oh okay now i gotta fucking buy a horse and okay well the horse wasn't exactly what i wanted because it has a slightly different color it's like it still works Mm. okay the only only horse stuff that i liked was the part where he was like i would kill infinite number of horses to do i don't know what he was saying i just don't like horses so (laughs) fight me irl we've all been like more or less in agreement with a lot of stuff. I'm going to push back on this. I think the horse section leading into the tinker section is legitimately some of the best writing in this book. Like, uh, it, uh, like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to say, I'm going to say that. Listen, I get it. We've we've been so beaten down with just boring bullshit of just tedium, just like who cares? Who cares? But we get to this horse section, and yeah, it kind of reads like a guy who read like the Oxford, you know, companion to the history of the Middle Ages, and there's like, how to buy a horse in 12th century England, and you know, it kind of reads like that. I'll give you that. But like, I don't know the part where like Cloth pulls out a, a new copy pasta, uh, threatens to <laughs> threatens to kill this guy and bake him into a yeah. pie if he doesn't if he doesn't give him a good horse. The guy proceeds to then sell him a shit horse like go like i'm not i'm not scared of you kid right and just sells him this like dyed horse um and then the tinker calls him out on it he's like yeah dude like you got swindled he's like what are you talking about this horse this horse's name is like you know midnight or twilight or whatever and the guy's like no his name's old sock or like one sock or some shit and it's like to me like that is charming does it move the story along? Does it like give us de- you know in depth character stuff? No, but it's no. charming, which is so much more than I could say for most of this. Book, right? I, All right, I, go I, off, Robin. That's, sorry, that, that's I do me. think the horse stuff. Uh, I, I I did mind the horse stuff less than the like to me. To me, what what I I wish I could have skipped was the entire like dragon. Uh, yeah. Quest like <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I like the dragon stuff. <laughs> Robin, I heard a very firm no from you, and I'm very curious about that. I just, it's like, so you know when you're playing a game like Skyrim or something? Yeah. And then one of the quests is like, you have to deliver a letter. Um, but you've not been to the place where you have to deliver it, so you have to travel there. Um, you don't, you can't fast travel. <clears throat> and like, it takes fucking forever. And the payoff isn't that great. I I think I would have minded the horse stuff less if it was like did move the plot along more and sure he gets somewhere. Um, but like what plot? Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> what plot is there to move along? <laughs> oh my god. Rip. Oh. Sorry, that was my Irish tin whistle falling on the ground. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, play us a tune. Play us a tune. Okay. There it is. Oh, it's, uh, it's my <laughs> wonderful little squeaky. Anyway, sorry. Um, sorry, nothing wrong. Uh... <laughs> uh, here, have you've earned your pipes? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, well done. I've got a recorder somewhere in my cupboard. I could, I could whip that out. <laughs> oh, we can do hot cross bun. I know. Uh, but yeah, I, I <laughs> see. I, I think this is this is. I will say, like you know, up up until this point, we've kind of been on the side saying, you know. 
different strokes, different folks. We can imagine people who might like this book. We knew people, We some of us were people who liked this book. Um, but a lot of the stuff, it's kind of like, you know, you you kind of, you have shitty taste if you actually like this. This horse section, I think, is a good example of really different strokes, different folks, because you're Skyrim parallel. Like, that's my favorite part of Skyrim. Like, legitimately, it's just, like, vibing in the atmosphere, or walking from, like... Most of my replays after the first time, like, I hard don't fast travel, right? And it's just, I don't know, it, it makes me I feel like I'm more in the world. But, again, I think that really is just what are you looking for? What do you what do you like? And what does the novel set you up for? Um, I Like, I respect that take, but I do love walking and getting ganked by wolves in Skyrim. I just do. This is a so, great, like, I was just thinking yesterday about how much this book just reads like a video game because the main character is just by himself the whole fucking time. <laughs> and yeah. all yeah. of the, all of the characters have their own, like, little designated areas that you have to go, like, seek them out in. You yep. know what I mean? Like, no <laughs> yeah. one ever goes with quotes. Like, why doesn't, like, why don't Will and Simon ever get, like, invited along on adventures or anything? <laughs> well, like, it's he so always weird. has to find dinner. Oh, what's her name? The, the, like, uh, money lender. I was yeah, Debbie. Debbie. Always she's in always room. in her shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would be it'd be a fun shop. like. That's true. It would work really well as like a Persona game. Yeah, they're, mm, they're, mm. yeah. No, they're about. I love that they're about. To ha- they're about to have a conversation outside of Debbie's house. She's like, no, no, no. We can't have this conversation <laughs> on the porch. I can only this dialogue option is only available inside my house. <laughs> <laughs> so. The the horse part really interested me because I and I link I linked like a Twitter quote tweet thread thing earlier in shot. Oh hey. Yeah. Um oh. where the, it was like a thread where someone was like, Hello, I'm a person in film and I never jump in my car and realize I need to get fuel. Oh, yeah. Uh quote tweeting, oh. Hello, I'm a person in film and TV and I never finish a meal or even drink in a pub. Hello, I'm a person in TV and I never lock my car and I always find a parking space right outside So it's like a tweet cred oh wow there's oh wow there's okay well i'm just gonna close that um there was one about penetrative sex so i don't want to read it (laughs) basically like the horse scene feels like pat being like oh my fantasy protagonist he needs to get somewhere but oh no no none of these fantasy books ever they just say i bought a horse no one ever thinks oh how did i buy a horse horses cost money to get a horse that good needs to be expensive horse oh also you've got to take care of a horse i'm gonna write all this stuff out in exquisite detail and like he does that and it's like you're not wrong that like that stuff can be interesting but like are you trying to move the plot along or are you trying to write a sort of vibe book like what are you homie is exactly exactly what we're saying at the end there so i just want to emphasize it's just like are you writing a vibe it feels out of place in this book right like this is not a book about you know the intricacies of living in like a uh, you know, medieval yeah. fantasy world. It, it has like it references this stuff. It almost like it's the me. It, it only exists in meme form of like you know reference to like oh, do you recognize that things are harder? But there's no deeper thought to it. There's no like it, it's done. This sort of stuff does not actually affect the story, right? It just is a you know, yeah. window dressing. Yeah, I think it could be cool if it if if the book was like. Uh... Because I did say that it doesn't move a plot along because there is there is no plot, but the book still pretends that there is a plot, right? Like I think it, th- this book might be more fun if if it was like a fucking a, a book about nothing. Okay, <laughs> like that if, like if if the point was that uh, we're just gonna do like 
the hijinks in a fantasy world and just like trying to show what it's like to live in a fantasy world but like the point is that there's no real plot right but like quote puts like quote as narrator quote puts so much weight on this is my story and i'm going to tell it uh in the best way possible and um you know, I know exactly which bits to emphasize because I'm such a master storyteller, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I also have the note of like, oh, I wish Pat would write a book in which nothing actually happens. Right? And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that's what the slow regard of silent things is. So I would quite oh God, like yes. to read it. It's really good. And I was actually literally just talking about this with Noah yesterday because I said, you know what? I think... I really like the slow regard of silent things because it does what Pat does good and nothing else. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just a big vibe and that's all. And it's like so, so nice actually. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that, that's, that, that, I'm, I'm, I'm officially submitting a request to this podcast that at some point we read the slow regard of silent sure. things. I'm so we do in that. that case have to read uh, The Wise Man's Fear. Yeah. Okay. I, I will make this deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I also I, I trust I trust that uh, uh, the rest of you have some some more hard hitting notes because there's 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 so I was like you know can guide the conversation in that way. Uh, there is some like small little things in this section. I don't know. I, I, maybe it was just because I'm I'm reading other things and my like actual you know pick out interesting sections or passages or things that strike me. The hat is on. Um, but like this really struck me that nobody talks like this. Like there's like not a single character talks like. A human being um you have these like so, so i just want to like you have this so he hears about the the blue man group is having this like you know um under you know like this secret show in in that for the wedding um and he's like oh shit i gotta get up to that to the blue man group and see what they're doing and he but he hears this by you know magically eavesdropping on some you know dock workers who are all you know blah, blah, talking about did you hear what's going on there and one of the dock workers says like yeah i heard the blue man group's performing and he his buddy goes you're such an old woman you you know and, and you you believe everything you hear right like like that's just like like what like what what the it's like there's a section where debbie later on goes like hey uh um you know I'll spread some rumors about you so you, these assassins don't come back after you. Um, they're already thinking twice about coming after you. This will make them think three times. Like, what? No, that's something like, I say to my friends Pat, all did the you time. read what it's you wrote? human thing to say. All the time. It, like, it's just... It's, yeah, don't be just, such an old woman, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, don't be such an old woman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or when he says to the horse seller, God's not buying a horse today. I am. Like, this shit sounds cool, and it's what the bard writes before the D&D session, have these, like, potted lines to, like, mm-hmm. say to people, but they don't work. They just feel, I don't know, like, artificial. I, it just, I don't know if it's just this section. Maybe maybe it really was the, the, the glass, glass, wow, man, glass, Norwegian, glass, Norwegian man we met um, in the, in the <laughs> section, but I was really, really tuned into just how stiff so much of this dialogue reads, uh, how, how stiff think- it reads. I think some of the lines like that God's not buying a horse today, I am, I would be fine with if they came from like Geralt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like a cooler guy um, and (laughs) mostly just like an adult man. Um, (laughs) 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 A prepubescent genius. God's not buying a horse today, I am. (laughs) 15, 16 year old like threatening to eat you is just very funny. (laughs) I have to Side. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You're insulting the future 
U.S. Army officer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I honestly, yeah, there's like these really hammy one-liners, but honestly, like they're just kind of funny to me. I'm fine with them. Yeah, I don't mind them. Um, I say dumb shit like this to my friends sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dialogue is really hard to write. I don't really, I've never really seen an author who can write dialogue that sounds realistic and like i say this as someone who is like transcribed podcasts the way that people speak is really really weird and simply does not work on a page so like i don't know like i never really expect realistic dialogue i'm like yeah people say things whatever yeah, yeah but like yeah, at least no. yeah. i think it's less like about realistic dialogue and more like um i don't know because because like movies don't have realistic dialogue right mm-hmm. but it's still like is written in a way that it can be like spoken out in a way that it sounds fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like even if yeah. it's not like realistic, like they're still not gonna. I don't know. Like characters in movies won't like constantly interrupt each other, right? Uh, and that's not mm-hmm. realistic. But you can yeah. still like you still don't yeah. notice it. But I mean, I, I like, guess, mm-hmm. it's it's about yeah, the yeah. suspension of disbelief, isn't it? Yeah. It's like what is reasonable within the already <laughs> suspended reality of this like mm-hmm. um, book um, and. I don't know, I just keep always coming back to the fact that he's a 15-year-old, and he's like, yep. <laughs> it's it, so funny, because he's like my brother's age in this, and I'm just like, yeah, if my brother any ever said any of this yeah. shit to me, I would not stop laughing for a week. Yeah, yeah. It's literally, like, we say this every single week, but literally never amounts to anything that is 15-year-old. It's just yeah. such a delightful concept. And I, I guess I want to like say like I don't. It's not that I don't like. It's not that I want like I don't know like the greatest checkoff plays. And if you if you don't write if you write dialogue like that, then you know you're not you're not doing it right or something. But I guess I, guess I just mean like this section. I just kept having these moments where I felt like I don't. I have tried and failed to write two novels at this point. Twenty thousand words in them, and you reread certain sections of dialogue that felt really good to write. I'm telling this across the board, and you reread them like, wow, that was such a cool, an emotional thing, and they just sound like the the stupidest, cringiest stuff, right? Like, <laughs> and and it just feels to me like nobody told Patrick that having your like, you know, mafia you know, leader, money dealer, shark, uh, hawk, I think he calls him, he calls her, uh, say the line that'll make them think three times, not just because three <laughs> is more than two. That that actually doesn't sound. <laughs> Right, that that yeah. actually like, and I, I think, think it's throughout this novel, but I, I, it, it, it's a small, small, small thing. But I, it just mm. fucking grated on me this time. Um, I think what's what's dawning on me is because this is also like criticism we often have with Tyrion chapters in Song of Ice and Fire is that like no people in real life actually say epic lines. Mm-hmm. So speak for yourself. yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was two epic lines. High five. Pretty epic. <laughs> Like all these, and like George always sa- even says this that he, uh, that like, oh, Tyrion is so witty because he, like, he's so much wittier than I because, well, I do come up with his epic clapbacks, but like, I am thinking about them for years before I, like, find the perfect line that he would say. But he, in the book, he just says them. Yeah. And that can be, that, I, that's always like really grating to me to, to read those. And I always, I always sort of like hand wave those scenes away because it's like, well, of course they are cool. That's why there's a book, like a whole book written about yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 more like a matter of taste, I guess. Like to me, it just like doesn't 
if 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 an author puts in an epic line to be epic, I'm always like, oh, okay, so you're trying to be epic. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I think the, one of the novels again, and I think we we all have our sort of I think fantasy authors that we're comparing uh, this this book to. And for me, I've brought him up multiple times, maybe once an episode at this point, honestly. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, and I think well, the novel that this reminds me most of, especially the first half, right, is the first is the first half first book of uh, the Mistborn, you know. Uh, series and and I just mean to say like when Geralt of Rivier, you know, the, this huge mythos, you know, has this big mythos around him and is constantly doing cool things. Exactly to say, like if he says this stuff, it sounds cool. But like if you read Brandon Sanderson, he never has his like street urchin child who's coming into like child prodigy, you know, being raised by sort of um uh you know, street folk and being helped around by that stuff. Like she in her youth does not say epic lines because that's just it, it, that's just not what these characters that why would she do that she's not Geralt she's not that sort of stuff and like it's one of those things where when you write the line that sounds cool and you want it in the book but you don't have a character to say it and you just give it to somebody because what matters more is your clever writing and not the character right that's that to me is like the problem with it right it's not that mm. the lines don't you know it's not that the people shouldn't be cool it's just that like not every cool line goes with every character and if you don't have a character yeah, who can say it, just get, you know, have a gutter document, put it to the side, but don't, 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 don't do it's that. Sort of like that, the way like John Green writes, where every character is just yeah. the same character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just John. Green. I am um now picturing Quoth kind of lying awake at night thinking about epic shit that he's going to say, <laughs> and it does ring extremely he would, true. He would do. That. I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about. Um, um, about Geralt, uh, about um, both turning to Danner and saying, what is grief if not love persevering? It's going to be a great topical reference in like four weeks when yes. this comes out. Uh, it, it's going to be perfect. Um, no, uh, do, while so, we're at, I'm sorry, do we want to do our pat uh, on the back? Uh, do we want to do our pat on the backs too? Uh, yeah. uh, oh, do you have one? I have For you, one. it's um, the horse sequence. For me, it's the horse sequence <laughs> and one, one small, it's the horse sequence and the the way in which they describe, they're like on top of the rock now and they're describing the Dracus running down the hill and like coming towards them. I don't know. For whatever reason, I liked that. Like it felt like I felt like I could I could see this like black dot that's like charging and like knock things over. That that felt really good to me. Those are my two pats on the back. Mm. I have a very easy pat on the back uh, this week. And it's something we like, <laughs> we're going to take a while until we, I guess, actually get to it in this episode because there's like a ton of other stuff happening before but to me it's just like when Elodine talks to Quote about naming I thought it was mm. genuinely really cool um, yeah. I know it amounts to nothing <laughs> ultimately <laughs> at least not in this book it's uh, nice I think I have a pat on the back I think I have another pat on the back later which I've actually written down but my pat on the back for this sequence is uh, whenever Quoth is riding a horse really really fast northwards and like his cloak is streaming out behind him and he's thinking about <laughs> how fucking dramatic he looks and he's like oh yeah I look so fucking dramatic right now You're like, and then like 30 me. seconds later he takes his cloak off because oh fuck that's really uncomfortable <laughs> and that's like that's a sequence that I genuinely like think about all the time like in day to day life because <laughs> yeah, I too I'm like god I want to look so dramatic all the time and then I'm like 30 seconds later I'm like fuck this is so uncomfortable huh <laughs> it's a huge mood <laughs> yeah I have two pats on the back I have the first one which is just a little thing which is where they describe um, having rabies as catching the froth I just thought that was really cool um, mm -hmm. I, that's just, I thought that was a good 
It was a good sentence. That's a good way of describing <laughs> it. He's caught the froth. I liked it. Um, <laughs> and the other thing was just the scene where Quoth uses sympathy to kill the Dracus. Like, killing the Dracus as an ethical decision? I'm not sure about it. <laughs> but, like, the way that he did it was pretty epic. Yeah. Damn, I have I have an, an anti-pad in the back about that scene later on, Damn. but, like, we can get to it. Interesting. Um, my, my, like... One pat on the back. I didn't. I don't know if I wrote anything down specific, but I remember thinking um, the the bit where they're sort of trying to figure out uh, what happened with like the drug thing, the drug lab or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember like thinking how nice of a little mystery it was because here are the pieces. Some of them don't fit together. I just really like bits where you're trying to figure out like you could even stop and just think about it like what's going on here i don't know i think that's fun Mm. stuff i am can i say the situation that situation of normally a harmless creature gets high or drunk and goes on a rampage and the adventurers have to i've literally used that in a DD one shot before (laughs) it's amazing um in my case it was mothman and mothman found some drug smugglers uh whiskey stash um, they, they, the players did end up um, seducing Mothman, mainly because I described his ass based on that statue in Virginia somewhere. Fuck yeah. Um, I do want to... Good session! <laughs> I do want to also bring attention to the real life case where um, that bear was in the 80s was found dead after overdosing on about 76 pounds of cocaine. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> Which I just I mean, think... not the extra case, I wasn't alive. <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember it like I was there. <laughs> I'm just still can't get my cocaine back. <laughs> the I, idea of like say, a coked up bear is just terrifying. The like the religious sort of symbolism that's going on in this scene really works for me because just like fucking imagine if you were fighting that bear and you killed it by nailing it to a fucking cross. Wouldn't that just yeah. be the coolest <laughs> shit? Like, <laughs> I think the good the book is good actually. <laughs> <laughs> I um I also want to say like mad respect for Denner for being so fucking empty headed um and I relate to this that like they walk into this big factory and she's like mmm syrup yummy and sticks her hand in it and just has an enormous fucking mouthful and she's like this is kind of gross and then she swallows it anyway snack for me yeah <laughs> it's for me uh, yeah Denner also- is almost a character for that sequence. Yeah. Oh, wait, we we got a section where Denner was really, I loved it. Uh, my only favorite really part of, I think any character is not both saying anything, is when uh, Denner's like, it's a fucking dragon. And Quoth is like, not actually, it's a dragon. It's no such thing as dragon. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? There is a dragon breathing fire coming at us right now. And he's like, no, 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 it's actually part of And she's like, please shut up and deal with this dragon. It's, it's like, yeah, just like if- she, that's good. That's she good. like calls him out on a lie earlier in that mm. section too, which mm. I was just like, thank you. It's, it yeah. is kind of nice to like get that. There's, there's also a bit like when, uh, when Quoth, like, I, I think it's also a little bit earlier when, uh, when Quoth is like, oh, you're learning the lyre? That's a cringe instrument. You should <laughs> learn a better <laughs> instrument. And I was like, does say that if, then. if Dana actually likes him. You weren't, you're learning the trombone. Why? The it's like this whole section <laughs> of, um, Quoth and Denner, and like Quoth is constantly like explaining like things. He's just like, oh, and this is how you do woodscraft, and like checking to see if she's doing it right, and like telling her random dragon facts, telling her facts about uh, like uh, whatever, and just like the 
the fact that she doesn't simply leave is astounding. Well, she like calls him out for being condescending, and he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, lol." But then he keeps doing it. He's there, like, "Oh <laughs> yeah," and she says like twice, "Oh, I'm a city girl. You have to tell me about that." Which, like, in one case, I was there, like, "Okay, yeah, fair enough. She wouldn't know woodcraft." But there's a bit where he's like, "That's Ophalum or something, like the name of the drug," and she's like, "I wouldn't know what uh, what is that." And it's like you said twice now that you're a city girl. <laughs> and you've grown up on the streets. I find it very hard to believe that you wouldn't know, like, about the drug trade, like, at all. <laughs> well, yeah, because then, like, to, like, a page later, she's like, oh, dinner resin, like, what do you think it means? Anything, it's called dinner resin. <laughs> Side note. Um, but, like, two pages later, she's like, oh, I've seen women, like, get addicted to this stuff and ruin their lives. And this is like a page after she just kind of saw someone was like, mm, snack for me. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> it, Jenna's portrayal in these chapters, like, I've reached a level where I'm kind of like, this is just funny now, but yeah. it also does <laughs> really genuinely bother me. Sarah, um, that I was, she's, yeah. Oh no, Sarah, hmm? you go first. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking, I, I can't remember if this actually happens in the book or if it's implied or if I'm just making it up, but I think there's like some kind of history with Denna and the Blue Man group. So, like, the whole thing where Quoth is being really condescending, like, oh, she wouldn't get it, she wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Like really bothered me, but but I think it was like almost intentional. I don't know. I, yeah. Then it's kind of hard to read. Also, wait, real quick. I don't I don't know if this is. I don't. Think, I do not remember it enough about wise men's fear or anything. Isn't it though? Like even from what we get here, kind of really heavily implied that like her her master Ash or this guy this this patron she's trying to you know uh, reel in is is at least like sketchy in a way that's related to blue man group stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that. That seemed like really obvious to me on this Mm -hmm. read through, mainly because I was possibly paying slightly more attention than usual, (laughs) and also because I've gotten more of a sense that how kind of not really very subtle at all Pat Rothfuss's like Mm -hmm. plot kind of shit is Mm -hmm. this time. You know, the fact they name him Master Ash and like the only person in the Blue Man group's name who we know is called like Cinder. I'm like, oh, okay, that's probably that guy, huh? <laughs> they call him yeah. Professor Oak around these parts. No, it's what's true. It's also, it, he also has this like another thing where it's like, I don't, you don't need to write like other people, whatever. But like, one thing I love about certain novels is that not every character stays around. Right, sometimes you just have characters that show up, and they do like. How cool would it be? Like, we're we are all sure that Master Ash is up to some like war, like world level like you know master D. Like, he might be the one who fucking kills the king and quote gets framed for it or whatever. Right? Like, we, oh, we're shit. all like we all what? know that just Book just because he's a king. Yeah, book through predictions. There you go. Uh, I'd be uh, so mad if Quoth doesn't actually kill a king. But like, <laughs> and, but yeah. he, he's not actually bloodless. So, uh, but I'm just saying that like we this character his character gets introduced, and the idea that like maybe there's just some shady noble who you know he wants to you know have a patron of this like young woman, and where there's some there's a weird thing going on there, right? We we know that that's not the case. We know that like this this guy matters because that's a Pat writes, and it's kind of like boring in that sense, right? Yeah. If I'm wrong, if he ends up being nothing, you know, Pat you, you, again, you can slap me in the face. Free, I mean, it's free just one more thing on the the pile of things to wrap up in the third book. It just keeps growing. <laughs> yeah, the pile of thirty million things. Like no, the, but like yeah. that's what. Um, sorry. Um, that like the the fact that Pat is like on the one hand he's trying to write 
the fantasy novel where the character jumps in the car, realizes they need to go get fuel. Um, you know, where he does pay a lot of attention to like, oh, the minutia of fantasy, trying to make it really like realistic and oh, this is how real life goes. And yeah, if you, if you were writing a fantasy book that you were trying to make it feel really true to real life, then yeah, Dennis Patron would just be some random guy. But no, you're also, you've got your foot in the other pot where you're trying to, um, write a fantasy novel that has plot and intrigue and stuff. And like, you've got these two pots on your feet and you can't really walk. Mm-hmm. But. Ah, my feet. Ca- kind of got away from me there, but you know, <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand you. Um, I did want to say, Sarah, to you specifically. Um, I think it's a really bold creative choice for you to um, mimic the accent of um, the character that Kvothe and Denna meet along the way in this in this section of the book. Mm-hmm. I think it's very cool of you that yeah. you've decided yeah. to do this. That th- you, you prepped it from from episode zero. I mean, you really you knew it was coming. <laughs> sort of fucking going. Trying to find uh, the. Wait, okay. Do your fucking Wendy's Any of in you me? know which chapter or like which page that is? I did write it down. This- Hang on. If you have a I, if you have a PDF, just Control F Oi. Uh. It's uh, page five hundred and twenty nine in my copy. Um, for our listeners who might not be sold on our like laughing at this accent or whatever, um, Sarah, would you do me a favor? This, I mean, maybe, maybe this is like Northern Irish like racism here. I'm being um, no, You're like Northern to Irish racist well. to me every day of my life. Can, so can we have, why stop now? I want to. I want to find the way it's actually written. Can, can to we like, have two people, sure, mm-hmm. just for a second, read like two or three lines in this, like as it's written, right? Like, um, just, just let us let our listeners hear the the sonorous uh, beauty of Pat Rothfuss's uh, dialogue. Uh, does someone have a page number for me? Um, it's I, the best bit. Start on five hundred and twenty-nine, and I would That's like to incredibly begin. unhelpful because to me, like the. The bit where we started reading for this week was 537, so it's like entirely different page numbers for me. It's chapter 73. I don't know what that is. Thank you. Um, But I would like to start our reading of this phonetic accent with this line. What a tattoo are you down out here? (laughs) (laughs) We thought I heard singing. And then Kvothe replies, I twear twear me cousin. (laughs) You go, you do oh, both. I'm gonna play you the role of both here. I twear me cousin, she did hear a lonely fair voice for screaming, didn't she? <laughs> I'm glad to meet you, sir, you may clap, quote. Please, I'm certain, Marshal Quoth. It's a rare treat to meet a fellow who specs proper. Groomers round these ports sound like they've got a mouthful of wool. <laughs> My father used to say, wool into mouth and wool into head. <laughs> My name is Squeven Schleimful Fundick. <laughs> You've got name enough for a king. Would you be trouble offended if I'd pardon down to shame? All my friends, they shame old foot. <laughs> shame do, shame will do fine for lovely young folk like yourselves. Who's gonna play Dana? Forgive me. No, that's not. <laughs> that's still. Close. That's that's still that's still that's still quote. You 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 read the no no oh wait no shit oh my god you know I saw the name Dana and then saw dialogue and I was yeah. like oh maybe Dana speaks but no of course she fucking she doesn't no she just she just says her name <sighs> forgive me Jim that is my most favorite cousin Dine <laughs> a sweet a sweet lass but she is terribly shy you wouldn't be hearing make loud of her I'm afeard 
please tell me it's your dinner. Oh, I I've never heard a voice say lovely in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Shame. <laughs> I, I, I'm at the I'm at the end of my tether here. It's the funniest I, fucking thing. He's like, I think he's genuinely, I think he's trying so hard to just do some kind of Celtic mishmash because so much of this is like the the hard T's. That's all Irish, yeah. and then well, yeah. he uses the double O's, which is all <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. So you're not supposed to write what you know. You're supposed to write what you don't know. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I'm going to be generous real quick for Pat here. Uh, this might be my like half pat on the back. I have to think he knows this is funny. When, when he has Quoth and Denna like like mimic it and do that stuff, like this, it's kind of like making fun of the the dumb old uh, you know Northern European peasant or Northern British Isles peasant. But like, it is really funny, and I and I I, I, I don't I don't want to take away like I think he knew it was funny. That's my that's my. I, I thoroughly enjoyed you reading it just now, the two of you. I wish it had just been like that in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's not at all. Like, like would have been so much better. Yeah, you no, know, I'm I... raising my hand. I do like what you audiobook listener. What the ha- what the <laughs> what <laughs> help? The, what happened? The audiobook does the best with it. Like, it's it's not not. But the in the audiobook, it barely even comes. It barely even registers because the audiobook narrator and I like I apparently he says this about his audiobooks just in general he likes to do accents and he likes to like give every character an accent basically mm. like do you have the name the... of um the audiobook narrator rupert degas i think they did the the voice in the youtube video i shared earlier as well oh, maybe <laughs> i i I'm only got it. like about 30 seconds into that yeah <laughs> Same. Uh, it me... was the it was the simsness of it let me check know. into that video to see if it's that guy so, um, but th- this no, this section of the book was the part when I was you no, know. No, this much is not. Like, this is not the audiobook oh, it's not? Oh, um, bummer. Much like last week, I read the part where we find out that Dan is fucking fifteen and that Diok is a fucking pedophile. <laughs> like that was uh, much like that made me have to go to bed and go to sleep. The, this accent section, <laughs> I had to put down the book for two whole days. Drink, but when I'm thirsty or when the wind's blowing. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be good folk. I'd love to share a bit of dinner with you. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this from you. <laughs> I'm literally just reading it phonetically as Pat intended. I'm not. I'm not doing an accent. I'm just le- reading the phonetic words that he writes. I think just any book that does a phonetic accent is in it. It like. It both drops down in my estimation of it critically, but also becomes ten percent funnier. Um, yeah, and I will like, but I do think it's interesting in this that like Willem, what's his name? His like second best friend who's foreign. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's like meant to have an accent, but it isn't written out. So it's like well, this yeah. is kind of phrased as like a a specific language more than it is mm-hmm. an accent, but it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's. it's I mean, a we dialect. don't we don't write out our accents in Heartspell, and we had like. On, we have a couple on times. the upcoming Maybe episode. You on the upcoming episode, we had like four dif- four different uh, foreign accents in addition to like the characters' normal accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I, I, and I just... we all did a great job at acting like <laughs> characters yeah. with four different accents. What, Pitch what? perfect. Yeah. Um, Russian, just gonna Spanish, uh, Russian, Icelandic. <laughs> oh, Spanish also five. Wait, what's the fourth for you? Uh, wait, French, Russian, Icelandic. You're right. It's only yeah. It's, it's four. four with with Spanish. <laughs> I'm just um, gonna start I, writing my tweets you know. in a, in an American. Oh, accent. Please. 
Uh, no, I, was, I just want to say something about it. Just really quick here. Because just like I, um, I actually do, again, I, I'm an American. Part of my literary education meant that we, you know, that, that Mark Twain is one of our, like, you know, literary master people. Uh, you read a bunch of them in high school. And if you take any literature, American literature classes in uni, you're going to read more of them. And he's like a master of writing regional dialects. Like, it's actually incredibly interesting how how well he does. And I, and you read a bunch of other ones. Zora Neale Hurston's a really good uh, other example. And I just mean that, like, it's actually very difficult to do well. Um, but when it works, it's so cool. Like, it, or even when it's authentic, like I read a lot of older stuff. I, I'm an early modernist by trade. Um, and some of the early stuff when there's not a strong phonetic, like there's, or there's no standardized way of writing uh, certain words yet. Like no, people are, it's, it's, it's standardizing in the process, or it's in the process of standardizing. You'll have Scottish texts written in English that are written in like, you know, kind of in a, like in, in, in a, in a, variant that can only be described by people kind of sounding out how they think things like should be spelled, spotting. right? Yeah, it, it, like trans- Yeah, exactly. I was up, I have a note, my, uh, my blah, blah, part mm-hmm. of my notes, I have like a half a page written about the novel Trainspotting. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but d- just finish up, just one, so one thing is like... big TV. Sorry. <laughs> It, you know, it had the 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 either really heavily studied uh, uh, accents and sort of written written dialects, or the really authentic ones. A uh, read really different, read kind of really sincere. And this one, I just like it's so bad that again, it's it. it and I, number one, I don't want people to get knocked off the idea of reading dialects, uh, things in written dialect, written in dialect. But this is why I have to believe, like for my heart of souls, uh, that this is. Um, Patrick's taking the piss because everything about this is hilarious. Because also you get like I don't know if you all noticed, but the oi, you know, like the classic like how do you make a you know cocky sort of accent sort of thing? You do the oi. No one says I oi, but the O's are capitalized, right? As though you know, like you capitalize I when it's alone, and so there's <laughs> yeah. this like weird orthographic choice uh, to like <laughs> capitalize the O's, and like That's that so is weird. you're right. It's very funny to me. Like, I just think it's... I just think Oi, it's I'm funny. going to put a little more effort into it than you thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm also, surprised to see to... you out in the boot with all the bad business lately. Also, for somebody who doesn't believe in God, he does capitalize God a lot. Like, God damn. Like, Cringe. capitalized. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like, even notice that. That's weird. Uh, I'd say, like, I do think that this chapter does kind of genuinely offend me slightly <laughs> like i feel like i am the person who is he is mocking which i mean i kind of am um because you know i remember like i used to have a lot stronger an accent and then you know that has been dropped and kind of stamped out by me by going to uni surrounded by english people who kind of were like what are you saying by podcasting by general life and it just the fact that here's this character who his he's just kind of this like bumbling guy and the fact the way that that is uh, signified is through his accent i'm like i'm really tired Aww. of this you've got a lovely voice That's i would have so looked like him yeah. with a super strong it's, accent do you think it's like it's it's influenced by like hagrid <laughs> Because that's a that's a really <laughs> egregious example of that, and that's like a big mainstream success. Is is Hagrid? Is his accent like he's like northern? Yeah, he's like northern English. And J.K. Rowling is a big yeah. fan of spelling out every single accent. Oh, she loves like, it. She loves. I I just okay because okay the thing that bothered like Hagrid doesn't really bother me because the way the way he's phoneticized it's like okay you're like this is a, 
northern accent like yorkshire or some shit and like you know what a yorkshire accent sounds like well you do if you're yeah not american probably um you know you know what a yorkshire accent so when you're reading hagrid the voice that he has in your head he has an accent in your head uh when you're reading Irvin welsh when you're reading robbie burns when you're reading something yeah. in the actual scots dialect a real dialect that exists that like <laughs> presumably if you're interested in reading Irvin Welsh you probably live in Scotland and you know what Scots sounds like you speak Mm. Scots when you're reading when you're reading it you have that voice in your head the reason that this bothers me so much is that it's not a real Mm. dialect you know it's got enough elements I'm not finished I won't be finished for another five minutes (laughs) yet honey um <laughs> the reason is but it's got enough elements of Scots that my brain is like, alright, I'm trying to read it in Scots, like I've got that voice in my head, that's how I'm reading right now. And then he comes in with the oys and I'm like I'm like immediately catapulted <laughs> back down to Cork. And like I'm trying to read in like the middle of Cork accent, but he doesn't kind he doesn't say that for the whole of the time and he just and then he throws in like another kind of Scots word and I'm really confused. I'm just being catapulted <laughs> back and forth between like West Cork and feckin' Glasgow and I it's just <laughs> I'm upside down because there is no real accent that this is. My brain is simply confused, and I'm also offended, and I had to go to bed. Janus, one you one may word speak that now. just really sticks uh, sticks out to me because, like you mentioned, the oys, and the oys is obviously, uh, as Dan said, he just substitutes oi for i. Except the bit where it's like, "Will my moida raise me proper?" <laughs> what? My moida. <laughs> It goes a little Guido. As someone who grew up in like half Texas and like half close to Canada, and I have like a weird sort of mesh multi accent, I kind of, I can kind of see how it could happen. (laughs) But I don't think it should anyway. Yeah, I, I I also want to emphasize one thing, Sarah, that 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 you said that I think is really important. And again, I feel I feel bad uh, laughing because parts of it are funny, but you point out exactly that there's like same part part, well well, part part of the like you know what what you know, erasure you're allowed to laugh at and what you're not allowed to laugh at is, 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 you know, exactly part of like Imperial projects, right? Yeah. Like, uh, any, 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 um, anyone making fun of the Scott, like the sort of, uh, Scottish or, uh, Irish accent, or like the idea that all heavy Scottish accent or Irish accent people are, you know, pig fuckers and, and meth users, right? Like that, that, like that, that, that's what that means is, is exactly part of, um, you know, imbibed imperial yeah. dogma but I, I the english imperial dogma but i i just want to emphasize one thing you said that's like super important is that like it's not just that it's a bad accent right like the point is that this bad mixture of lower class you know uh english periphery uh english is it just signs that this guy's a pig fucker and you have two regular um you know regular speaking people who are going to you know prove that they're really competent in doing voices and languages because of performers and they're gonna like you know talk with the yokel for a while and that's that's the part that feel that makes it feel dirty right that's the part that makes it feel like like the accent is not just this guy has an accent the accent's like you know what these pig fuckers sound like, right? You know, you know mm. what they're, you know what they're supposed to be. Mm. And, and, yeah, I know what David Cameron sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that you're. I for, yeah, in the states, pig fucker means like you know, 
uh, farmer hillbilly yokel. For you, it just means Oxford grad. I forgot about that. Yeah, you want to say sheep fucker, but then that that kind of takes you more into the Welsh bit. Um, yeah, the, the Welsh are the sheep fuckers, yeah. and then I don't. Who's I don't know. I mean, there aren't really any Scots left. There really is mostly sheep up there anyway. So after after. Uh, if anyone wants to read more about this, Marx has a lot that he writes about the the Scot the displacement of Scottish people. Uh, so read Marx's yeah. Uh, See, the, they, they, was... they all know I have Australian <laughs> accent, so we can make fun of that. Yeah. Yes. What I was going to mention earlier is um, remember that this was I think this this was like last year when this came out when 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 people noticed that like the Scots Wikipedia has been <laughs> mostly edited by written and edited by one person who is American and just like made oh, it yeah. up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I oh about that. my god! It was it, the whole that. the whole thing was it wasn't like an actual Scots. It was yeah. It was like yeah, like you know, different languages. It was like someone doing it a Lemmy impression. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and the, the egregious the part goal. of that is sorry. <laughs> the the yeah. egregious part of that is that by the time this came out. The Scots wiki has already been like used for like online dictionary machine learning stuff. <laughs> so. Oh god. Uh, it, it it has done like really like irreparable damage of uh, to a real language basically. Yeah, and I think that's like the 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 funny accent. The accent itself is not the offensive thing because like at the end of the day, it's a funny accent. Like you know the the like squad and public agreed make fun of my accent all the time, and that's really funny because like we're mates, we're having a laugh. It's like the fact that Quoth can do the accent. Yeah. And like the <laughs> fact that he comes in and like pretends to be buddy buddy with this guy and is like, oh, I'm, and this is going to work on this guy because he's going to hear my amazing performance of this accent and he's going to immediately be, be best friends with me and I've gotten a 30 role in my performance check and I, he's going to give me all the information. It's like. Sarah, can you imagine if I like walked up to you and you said something to me and then I started trying to reply with a Northern Irish accent? It's like, I've done that by accident. I do that by accident if I'm in a pub in Glasgow and it's like 11pm and I've had like five pints. No, I will do that too, but that's because I'm drunk and you're learning through the conversation and you're not coming into it like, oh, I'm going to imitate you. It's just they're like, oh, after a while I start adapting what other people say. Yeah. Which so, I do I very much do. If I visit my family up out. in the north, my entire dialect shifts. I just wanted to read out this section from the <laughs> Scots Wikipedia. Yes, Janos? Like, <laughs> so this is when the Scots Wikipedia had to come on telekinesis. Does anyone want to? Telekinesis? Yes, Janos. We're waiting for you. Go ahead, read it. Yeah. Telekinesis as a form of moving abjects with your main. I love moving abjects with my main. As a form of moving object object objects with your this, mind yeah and this is what it looks like when i try to do like a keyboard smash laugh it's, it's but you know to really... what you were saying lucy like if you came to belfast and like you decided you were gonna go to a shop and you're gonna try and i know haggle with the guy to get a cheaper i don't know pair of shoes so you put on a broad belfast accent like mm-hmm. I I don't think it would pass, no. and you'd get the shit beat naughty. Yeah, and I yeah. would deserve it. <laughs> well, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's just very I, patronizing. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's one of the big things. It's like, and it does that on purpose. Like, I want to sort of also bring us back to like not even always focusing. It's because I was listening to some one of the old episodes where Sarah insisted that we stop talking about Pat for a while, 
Um, and, you know, like, bring it to the text itself. Like, written words do things, they mean things, separate from what the author intends. And when you do an accent, it communicates something. Like, so, like, when I teach Beowulf, I take a page out of Tolkien's um, lecture, like, how he did his lectures, and I will start my class with, like, you know, what? And I'll read the Old English uh, to start the lecture, to give them a sense of we are in a different place. You know, you might, we're reading a translation, but, you know, this is a kind of older, it has a feel to it. Like, there's a way in which starting with, you know, a kind of different pronunciation of different words puts students in the right mindset. When you read, and so it communicates something. And what this accent communicates is not just like, oh, it's, it's not just a chance for Quoth and Denna to, you know, show how they're the, you know, the sneakiest, best, you know, uh, can talk to anyone. This accent communicates like, there are people in this world who uh, talk a certain way. You've not met any of them yet because the people that you are, t- are around, you know, are the sort of hoi, or the top, the top of etc. You've not talked around the hoi polloi yet. But trust me, this is what real, you know, uh, pig fuckers, sheep fuckers in this in this world sound like. And so what it does is it arrests you, it stops you, right? Because the novel's not been doing this thus far. Uh, it's a new thing, and it says, "Look at this guy. Really look at him." And what you get out of it is that, like, Quoth and Denna are really smart because they know how to trick uh, dumbass yokels by talking like them. And, like, you know, that's cool for that's cool for Quoth and Denna. It's not so much cool for the for the fucking You know, par- pardon my... Uh, I can the say book yokels. says think about it, and I say, no, I don't want to. No. <laughs> and I turn the page. Because I think that's what I literally did with this section. I, like, skipped to the end. I mean, you don't need to read it. I don't think this section actually advanced anything in the plot necessarily. You don't like, need to read any of this book. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to this podcast yeah. Yeah. my summaries will give you all you need yeah <laughs> so what do we think so horny horny druggy dracus i think it's the next section. i want to talk about the the dracus because i i love this dracus yeah, i love too. this i want to hold the lizard so much or her we don't know i like i want to hold way, them i like I really like the I way that it's them. designed. It's in my I mean I haven't read a whole lot of fantasy, but I've never seen a dragon that was designed this way and I know a lot of people get angry cuz it's not like a quote unquote proper dragon, but it's I mean, like that's the point. The point yeah. yeah. I like it's it. actually a dragon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they, they even like quote even like in a very annoying way, but like a, a, annoying on purpose way like makes a big thing about how well, it's a dragon. Don't you? Aren't you gonna say to me, uh, oh, the yeah, reader? Yeah. Oh, that can't be. Dragons aren't Chronicler real. Chronicler wrote that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mating habits of the common dragons. A little bit horny there. And, oh, uh, <laughs> all right. Sorry. That's while we're still in the interlude for that section. Where it's like, aren't you supposed to say something? It, that mm-hmm. part is so fucking funny because I, you know, a few episodes ago, I was like, yeah, Quoth. What he wants is he wants an audience that is gonna. Re- like he, again, it's not unreliable narrator; it's unreliable audience. And what he wants is an audience that is going to listen to his story exactly how he wants it to be told. Blah, blah blah. That's an important part early on. And then Quoth says, "Why, why, why aren't you interrupting me? Why shouldn't you interrupt me now?" And he's like, <laughs> "You literally told me you would not tell this story unless I did everything exactly as you told me. You would, like you, you were such a fucking whiny, needy like sob. I'm doing it." No, I'm not going to say anything because I want this story. And he's like, "You both get so mad. It's really funny." And then, and then Bast is like, "Oh, I'll, I'll ask Reshi." And he's like, "You, you're all you're, people who just listen to everything, you know, without thinking are so are so stupid." I'm like, "Dude, bruh." 
This is, it is I loved this yeah. interlude. It was so funny because I was just thinking about this whole situation from Chronicler's uh, perspective because mm. he, as like we're meant to assume that he's been looking for Quoth forever because he's like this big epic legendary figure and he finally like goes through all this shit, finds him and then he has to sit down and find mm. out, okay, well everything was a lie and this guy is just a dick and he's like <laughs> personally antagonizing me. <laughs> <laughs> it must be like so disappointing. <laughs> Chronicler just really carrying the whole story on his back, literally. And sorry, one, um. one other last thing. Yeah, true. One of the last thing is I don't know how much your, your Roman history you have in the back of your head, um, uh. but to the. the- <laughs> The, the the brothers Gracchi, right? The Grac uh, uh, the yes. Gracchi reforms, right? Um, like a big, you know, if you if you're doing your history of you know communism, labor right movements, whatever. We love um, the Gracchi. Gracchus, big guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, he's he's the one who essentially you know made it so the peasants had land and, and some rights and things. I won't get into all that now. But I kept reading this whole section like it's a Dracus, and and I imagine this like buff Roman guy who's like workers' rights, labor <laughs> rights. <laughs> like I cannot. <laughs> I'm Gracchus. I'm, I'm Dracus Gracchus, and I'm here to um, tell you about the grain doll. <laughs> exactly. You guys like Anonai? Yeah. Uh, so I just, right. I just got distracted by the next page where it's just Dennis saying, "It's goddamn God. huge. It's a goddamn huge dragon, and it's going to come over here and eat us." <laughs> She's. I really like that. Yeah. Really and then yeah. both turns to her and he's there like, "Well, actually, according to my copy of the Lusty Argonian Maid, it's a." <laughs> True. It's vegan. <laughs> it is the love of the made. It's the common. Ha- oh, that's so. That's that's that is correct. It's the mating <laughs> habit of Dracus. It's that's that's what the love of the made is. Uh huh. That's, that's, that's perfect. That's that's. that's, that's uh, yeah. So I've done two Skyrim references this episode. So I'm. <laughs> I'm very happy. Yeah, we'll put a ding in for I'm each of them. For how I won't. I'm too lazy. Anyway, sorry. Back to the Dracus. The Dracus Dracus. Uh, yeah, I think that the the existence of the Dracus is my big pat on the back. Um, like you know, proper good thumping pat. Cause like I, I love a dragon. Um, big fan of you know what? I was absolutely poggers for Aragorn when it was coming out, and you know, I don't, 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 it may not be a text that's aged well, but like I still stand by my enjoyment of it when I was like, fourteen because fucking cool dragon man. Uh, Do you know the guy? Sorry, I just have to drop this in whenever Aragorn comes up. You know the guy who played Aragorn in the terrible movie? Um, he uh, plays football with my dad. Oh, neat. Cool. <laughs> well, there's there's, um, there's two Dracus uh, arts in chat right now, and like um, again, I just want like also want to like clear to your point. Like it has the cool. I mean, the Quoth OC art is is fan art is kind of you know weak, but the Dracus art is usually pretty like on point. Like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's solid, it's cool. I think mm-hmm. you could buy uh, little Dracus plushies, and I really want mm-hmm. one. Dracus Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dracus Funko Pop. <laughs> It's kind um, of designed like uh, the How to Train Your Dragon Dragon, now that I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. The How to Train Your Dragon Dragons are so fucking fun because there's so many of them. They're all different shapes. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. just so fun. Um, I really love the dragons because because it's not a dragon, because Quoth does, even insufferable as it is, give us all these dragon facts and be like, oh, no, no, it's not actually a dragon because dragons don't exist. They're not real. This is real. And like then proceeds to describe the fucking coolest animal ever. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I am posting Champ in the chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Which is very cancelled of you. <laughs> I'm... Well, the dragon's cancelled for being mm. addicted to drugs. No, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, uh, you know, just to 
just to cover our asses here, this episode has, of course, <laughs> been recorded so far in advance, like way before PogChamp was cancelled. So, you know, mm. uh, fucking. <laughs> Damn, Donald Trump has the coronavirus. Let's see if he'll survive that. <laughs> Everyone can be milkshake ducked. It's okay. We, we accept that. I'll, mil- I'll milkshake duck my own ass. Yeah. <laughs> so we have the Dracus. Um, I don't have too much to say. I mean, does anyone have like it was cool? I, I like when it comes running towards him, but I mean, the section overall, I like. I don't know if anyone has anything to say on it. I don't really have much for the what is it like ten chapters that take up the Dracus encounter. Yeah, it was very boring to me. I think it sucks yeah. that they. I like the Dracus it, itself, Dracus. right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Like, I, I like, I like the, I like the guy. I would simply have sacrificed a town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They were all country bumpkins anyway. Yeah, exactly. yeah they all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let, let me ask you this: if uh, if uh, Big Dragon comes back and it's threatening, uh, it's threatening the King- United Kingdom, um, mm-hmm. uh, and Saint George isn't around to stop it, uh, would you sacrifice Glasgow? I would sacrifice the whole of England. No, but I would sacrifice Edinburgh. <laughs> it's, 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 I take it back. I'd sacrifice Hull. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything to me. It's just a terrible place. <laughs> I think what I say about the Dracus plot, uh, I, I, I would say it's the same as about all plots, but I think this is the, this is the part in the book where I, I think like even at the first read, I was like starting to grow impatient in, in terms of, well, is mm-hmm. anything going to happen in this book? Is, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Is this going to lead to like any coherent story? Cause it's like, we're like three quarters, four fifths into the book, uh, and you're introducing a dragon plot? Cool. <laughs> okay. Sure, something. Yeah. I, it, I just like... wish it would, like, the book would, like, kind of come to a climax in some point, you know? I think this is, like, another one of those things just to sort of add to the backstory of the legendary character of Quoth. Like, I have mm. to fit in a dragon yeah. battle somewhere. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like, oh, he, Pat was writing, and then he was kind of like, mm, I guess my word count's approaching the end of the book. I guess something should happen. Uh, what happens in fantasy? Oh, k- k- he's got to kill a dragon. Yeah. And then sort of works it out from there. It's a book yeah. for edges. This does not come to a climax. It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But does it keep going? <laughs> and then it ends disappointingly. Yeah. A question for you all. I because I feel like this is this is definitely the section of the book where my eyes were glazing over at certain parts. Like like we all yeah. are, were. Um am I crazy? So like the Dracus breeds blue fire. Mm-hmm. I, it, mm-hmm. I there has to be the section or something. Maybe I just missed it where they go. Oh, I guess it wasn't the Blue Man Group. I guess a, a Dracus just burned down the house. No, something. it was still the Blue Man Group, and the Dracus just okay. was there also. They just it's get just to a like coincidence. Yeah, it's just a coincidence, like that 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 the Dracus produces blue fire, just like oh, the Blue so, Man. Sorry, do you, was... do you do you think were you expecting that this to be like relevant or connected to the rest of the plot? <laughs> well, you, well, you 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 know how fire is not usually blue, and so keep going when there's blue fire. <laughs> Uh-huh. Especially in a book that says and has a whole, you know, kid rhyme uh, about why blue fire uh, it should be spooky. Uh, that when a, a, a thing appears with blue fire, that we're supposed to just like go, oh, no, it's just that, that, that's just how Dracus be. Like, is that, is that, that okay, all right, sure. So making sure I didn't like have an aneurysm or something halfway through nope, reading. Yep, and, yeah, you know, nope, mm, yep. I'm starting yep. to think one of the blue men might be Azula. Yeah, oh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Uh, but I honestly think, like at the beginning when the Dracus shows up, 
uh, I think they saw like blue flames in the distance and it like freaked them out for a second. Yeah. And then yeah. It was just supposed to be like, ooh, but then it just was something else. Mm. <laughs> oh, did I, did I ever link the, 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 somebody did like a, like some fan did a fan recording of like what some of these songs would sound like and like, oh, uh, it, it, oh my it's, 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 I remember listening to it a few times when I first read the when I first read it. Um, Were they good? I've not listened to it since. Um, uh, I, I literally just remi- remembering it now. Um, I'll link it in chat and we could we can uh, you know just just have it for later. We won't listen to it now, of course. <laughs> but I remember them being being something like earnest, and I don't want to make fun of it because I remember them being earnestly done by a fan. And like I'm never gonna unless it's like unless the work's like Mind Comp, I'm never gonna like tell a fan not to you know get involved with their with their thing they're fanning over, but. Um, no, I mean, like, I can, I can imagine that this book would se- se- genuinely and seriously spur people to, you know, write really cool songs yeah. and like make really cool. Like, sure. I that's wholesome and good. Well, um, for the and it doesn't matter because, like, for the TV adaptation, Manuel Miranda is gonna write some funny <laughs> little raps for quote, and that's gonna be it. Oh, the idea of rap quote <laughs> rapping. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, it's much more accurate oh, to his no. character as a fifteen-year-old boy, but <laughs> I had I had a I had a bard in one of my D and D sessions. Things I was campaigning. He's a good guy. If he ever hears this podcast, I'm sorry. You know who you are. You know. Who you are. <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm not, not going to dox him right now. But uh, he would. Uh, he was a bard, and he would always come in with. Pre- so pre- you know how like normally in D and D you kind of improv in the moment, whatever happens, and yeah. you kind of have character mm-hmm. blank. He had four pages of rap lyrics <laughs> wow. uh, on various things, and he would insist on, regardless of how relevant they were, uh, bringing one out. And like he'd always rap before doing his spell for like, t- it, it, this guy was very white incredibly white if that if that wasn't obvious i want to make sure that's very clear um and every single time and this is where i say god bless him but like every single time everyone just sat there in silence for 10 seconds while he did it no laugh no smirk and he was so like just i'm like i'm like remembering it is making me a little uncomfortable and he was so proud of himself and no one, it was never bad enough that anyone told him to stop, but we all wish he would. Um, and that's, Quoth rapping has to be the exact same thing. Like, it, it just, like, that is the exact energy of Quoth rapping. Quoth um, takes Will and Sim to um, the alien, and he just gets up on stage and... Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I know your name's Sim, but you're really oh. quite a simp! You know, like... Oh my god, he's just Bye. going through it to the open mic at the... What's it called? Open mic at the, the Aeolian. Dana, why'd you okay. date these men? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doing some slam poetry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh. I remember the first, the first time I heard about them, like planning on making a show i think they were suggesting that they might do it just like in the same universe with different characters and i was like that sounds great actually same universe as what uh as the <laughs> like as the books yeah what oh shit i do what, remember this what you uni- remember reading this there's no universe here. uh like <laughs> there's no yeah. world there's been no world <laughs> i know right yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing like there's and there's no way that would take off because what what would be the that's pitch for point. it like it's, this is the same thing as like the fucking Dark Tower movie that it was like so. We're gonna do a remix of the book, so it's of all the books, so it's gonna be like it's not gonna appeal to the people who read the book, and there's no way it's gonna appeal to people who haven't read the book because that's just gonna be confusing. I 
feel like I just, but perhaps if it was like from per- someone's perspective who's like aware of quotes since he's oh, like okay. this legend. But like that would so uh, I just wonder if like someone who hasn't read the book if if that would like mean anything to them that it's called i guess it's the right if the writing is good it could be good I don't know. exactly it's like kind of honestly like best case scenario of someone who isn't part writing about a character who isn't both <laughs> and has a fantasy world that is so generically fantasy that they can just do whatever they want and could just make something good <laughs> just a completely could be great i think it could be good if it was like someone who isn't pat writing about quote but like you know, making making him like our version of quote where where he's like a bratty fifteen year old <laughs> and gets his like gets his ass owned all the time. Like that could be good. <laughs> and just like write in some other characters, right? Like write write characters for Will and Sim. Um mm-hmm. for sure. Imagine characters. I, I, I don't just think I don't it. think an adaptation <laughs> of I don't think the T V adaptation can be like worse than the book. So I'm kind of excited. I'm honestly like, because I've been following the adaptation of uh, Wheelie Time, and like a lot of what the show writers have been saying are like, oh, well, there are some issues with this book, so this book series, so we would like to kind of go through and fix those, such as making the quote unquote polyamorous relationship with it, which is not a polyamorous relationship into an actual polyamorous relationship, mm-hmm. and like maybe putting some gay shit in there. And I'm like, oh, I'm nodding. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You're taking, you're fixing the book instead. And like, Imagine like a TV adaptation of King Killer Crunkle. You get one where they just, you know, they make both twenty. That would be all problem solved. I would like them to also make the um the Blue Man Group the Blue Man Group (laughs) played by the Blue Man Group. Just Tobias Funky. I do hope at the like end of the or like maybe the second half of the third book, it's just like modern or like present day Quoth going on some kind of adventure. That would be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, now I he's think, in his twenties or whatever. I think that's what again. If, if we ever, I think Wise Man's Fear because like spoiler Wise Man's Fear. But, um, I'm pretty sure there's this like box, this like locked box that he has. That his like oh, yeah. mother's family like it's a big big secret box that his mother's right. family who his mother's old noble it's whatever um and he's trying to get the key to it or trying to find a way to open it and it's just had it forever and I think it's like given up or something um yeah, and he has it that. in the contemporary moment so like what I imagine is that like the book three will he'll finish telling the story he'll somehow find a way to get the key remember how to get the key and then either get the key. At the end of book three, open it, and the next part of the adventure starts. So now we get the next trilogy, um, or mm-hmm. like Don't the, next, the next trilogy. The next trilogy is built on. I mean, Pat's not an old guy. I can imagine him, you know, pulling a, you know, a two, a two um, trilogy. But I mean, we joke about like, oh, he, how long he took to write this one. But like, you know, it's 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 not that. You know, it's, he wrote the first one in two thousand seven. It's twenty twenty one. Like. Anyways, anyways, but I think I think that there is this sort of implication that, or at least it feels like at some point, Quoth is going to be in the contemporary moment. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't mm. doubt I, that. I wouldn't. I what have, does time travel? I'm having a brain. I'm having a moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is like this book is like a. This is like a shonen anime as a book, but like a bad one. Um, yeah. Like mm-hmm. like a, it's like a borderline harem anime. I'm sorry. I'm just. I. I really. I, this is really <laughs> stuck in my mind now. I'm thinking about the bit where he like visits Fella in her bedroom, and she's like oh naked, God. and she's like, "Hey, do you want to come in?" And he's mm. like, "No, I have to do something." Bye. Yes. The 
the sight of Fela's voluptuous breasts, even covered by a bed sheet, was I will uh, I will be honest, one of the most exciting things that happened in my youth. It's like <laughs> I'm literally like paraphrasing a quote from from the book. Yeah, I don't I, have the exact wording, but he basically says I, this. I hate it so much. <laughs> like just that. There was literally there was no, no reason no for reason. Pat to describe the outline of Fella's titties. You could have just well, cut that sentence. And but, it but, have, like, so yeah. I, I want to say just one thing real quick. Like this, this, this is a big thing, and I, I want to preempt any of our haters. Which I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the comments, I don't know the feedback for the first few episodes, but I want to preempt our haters ahead of time. <laughs> if you if you take anything and divide it down into its smallest little parts. Uh, nothing is anything. You, you take a sausage apart and you cut it to the smallest little sections and, you know, it, it, you, who, who's to say what kind of meat this is, right? And we're focusing on little sections. We're saying, like, 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 Giannis brought up this part where it's just like, man, them, them titties had me hyped, right? Like, I, like, that alone, the idea that, like, a storyteller reflecting on his youth would note, like, here's a moment where it's like, I actually really felt aroused from, like, one of the first times ever, and it was like, it stuck in my head in this sort of moment of reflection of like, it's, you know, it's interesting how, you know, how much we remember erotic moments or something, if that's what it was alone. But it's not alone. It's in a larger pattern of a book where Quoth is consistently just creepy and Pat's weird and there's a lot of weird sex stuff I'm going just, on. Right? I, so, I had pre- never even thought about this scene as something that he's relating to both Chronicler and Bass before though, but that's really funny. <laughs> just, you, <laughs> you ever go to the pub with your mates and you just like describe one of your first sexual experiences or not even sexual experiences, just looking at the outline of a woman and being like, fellas, that was the first erotic moment of my life. Mm. I mean, I feel like I have been at the pub uh, with yeah. mates, and we're describing our first sexual experiences. Like, but this is not. I mean, honestly, this is not in the pub with your mates. This is you meet your yes. your uh, uh, best-selling author, journalist, uh, Pulitzer Prize uh, j- journalist, and you track down this like legendary, famous guy known as the King Killer, who has been like nobody knows where his what has been up to in the past, like decade or whatever i don't know what the timeline of it six is, months but like six months whatever nobody's nobody knows where he is he's like fucking you know the most famous uh he's fucking the healing patriarch right um and you, you manage to track him down you manage to get him to like tell his life story that's like what could it be what could his life story be like what made him into the legendary king killer right and then he he says, okay, but you have to write down every single word that I'm saying. No, no editorializing. Every single thing I'm saying. You're writing? You're writing this down? Yes, I am. All right. So this is what it felt like when I had a boner when I was 15. <laughs> hey, is, it, is it possible that Quo's like whole like uh, coat section of his life is all just a ruse literally to lure chronicler the famous <laughs> scribe to him just so he can talk about this shit please i have to tell someone about this book <laughs> i have to yeah. um speaking of boners okay. uh-huh. does anyone have anything to say about the part of this section where like denna is on drugs oh god oh it made me very nervous. I heard a fervor, no god. That's all I have to say, but yeah. 
made me very nervous. If yeah, if any if anyone is listening to this and hasn't read the podcast or hasn't read the hasn't read the podcast, hasn't read the book, um, just like note how I think all of us. I, I I'm gonna I don't know if there's any universal reading experiences, but like I think all of us reading it got to the section where Dennis high on drugs with like 16 year old creepy as shit quote. And we all kind of like got like the laughter of the, of the you know earlier scenes of the weird accents or whatever kind of died. And everyone kind of read it, like waiting for the bad thing to happen. And that, am I right? Do we, are we all sharing that? Like that we all were kind of worried. It's yeah. It's just, and I've read, yeah, yeah. we've yeah. even having read this. It's and, still and, like, and so, so I just mean to say like, was it? No, go ahead. No, it's just because I, and, and, and so I'm just saying it's like, that also like lets you know how the book like you get to know characters in your like heart of hearts, your soul. You kind of feel them after a while when you're with them for a while. The fact that we were all waiting for quote the uh, quote uh, sexually assault Denna uh, is 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 you know just to show you like this character we've been you know clowning on for a while now. Now he's actually a fucking freak and like a weird guy and and somebody yeah. who were kind of you know, one bad incident away from doing something. So again, this is not like, you don't have to have a perfect Jesus character for every one of your whatever, but like th- that gives you an idea of how we, this is something folk would do. I don't actually think that even on like my first ever read when I was like, oh, this book must be good. Everyone's talking about it. This is probably a good book. This book is good. Even at like that stage of my reading, I don't think I was ever like nervous that like this 15 year old kid was going to like, ooh, make a move or like, or not even like, not even that I was nervous that like he was going to sexually assault or even like try and pill something or because I think in my read of the book, I still see Kvothe as just like a really awkward teenager. Um, but like it, it's like I remember the part because I, I've seen, uh, I've read books where a character gets drunk. Uh, looking at the words Lan Wangji in my notes, um, yeah. you know, I've read the scene where two characters who are, you know, I've read fucking fan fiction before, where two characters who are uh, romantically attracted or attached to each other, one of them gets drunk and starts oh like confessing their feelings and like stuff happens. I was still like I was still nervous for things to happen, but like not. I don't think I was ever like worried about a threat of sexual assault in the way that I was, say, whenever I tried to watch Oran High School Host Club mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. Um, because that anime has like a constant, just like undertone, undercurrent of like, oh, is one of the boys going to sexually assault this girl? Um, wink, wink. Like, I never really felt that from this. You know, it's strange, like, this is the first read where I was nervous because I, throughout the entire read, I've been proven wrong again and again about my memory of how creepy Quoth is. Mm-hmm. So, so I was just like, well, I, like, last time I read this, I didn't feel weird about this, but now I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how to trust or to believe anymore. I, actually, I did, uh, there is a part where uh, Denna, oh, she's high, she's manic, uh, she's delirious or whatever. She insists on like taking her clothes off and having a bath, mm. um, and that's you know that's the kind of the part that might make one start to sweat. And like it's kind of and then Pat or quote, <laughs> the narrator is Pat has this sentence about like I of course turned my back and refused all advances there is a name for people who take advantage of young women who are out of their right mind and none of those names will ever be applied to yeah. me See, that's, and it's like that's... you did the that fact... name that that name is Dayok sorry <laughs> <laughs> the fact that like 
Pat felt the need to write this, to clarify it, to make it explicit. Yeah, that's kind that's of the bit that I dislike the most, I think, in this whole bit. Like, yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's the bit where he turns around and says, like, um, and, and this is a virtuous character trait to not sexually assault your um, yeah. Please incredibly clap. high friend. Um, and it's, it's kind of one of those things that I think you, I think fantasy has issues. Um, and like, this book has already sort of put in stuff about like love potions, which people refuse to make. Um, and that got kind of dropped and I'm glad. <laughs> but like, I don't even remember that book. <laughs> having stuff like just, just seems like this, they are so common, but like making it so that your characters are deliberately such a good guy for not doing anything is very, very weird. Um, I just like it. Just it just makes me think of like spoilers for the, the, second book but there's like literally a part where he like says i think verbatim like not all men yeah. which mm-hmm. like, always yeah always sticks out in my memory as like hmm, i'm not sure about this series actually he's like it's like that i mean because it's one of those things where in in previous scenes we've seen him um ignore like sexual harassment and sexual abuse of of people he knows um because it's convenient like he he ignores mm-hmm. Ambrose well he doesn't ignore it but he doesn't do anything about Ambrose feeling up fella mm. he doesn't he mm-hmm. he doesn't do anything and he even salutes Savoy for like harassing a waitress and it's like mm-hmm. yeah so, so yeah, can, you're doing the bare minimum by at least not perpetrating it yourself <laughs> but it's it's still there I mean like it's exactly what you're, it's 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 kind of bring us to just the section near the end uh I think relevant to this 651 in my book it's one of the it's I think the second to last chapter um because this is like Okay, like, you know, the the standards we brought to with Quoth, and again, I want to reiterate one thing we said early on, or at least I had said early on, I think we all sort of were vibing with, is just like, this book has a lot of chances for Quoth, Coat, to comment on Quoth's, you know, behavior as, you know, when he's younger, and what he disagrees with now, or what he thinks was bad, and he doesn't ever really do that for this bad stuff. But this is this part where it's, he's kind of wrapping up, he's doing that sort of like, you know, uh, getting ready to wind down. Oh, oh yeah. And he it. and he spends a lot of time talking about how Denna. He's seen Denna all the time in the bar, and she's always with a new guy. And the new guy, the same thing happens every time. Uh, she gets happy to see Quoth. He walks over. The new guy buys her a drink, or buys him a drink. Just you know, wants to get to know some of Denna's friends. Uh, sees how much she likes him more. Gets jealous and angry of or at Quoth, um, and then would start you know. Uh, every one of them would start, you know, like touching her more and kissing her more and, you know, just to kind of show dominance over her. Um, and then Quoth has this, like, this part, this section that, like, oh, this was my final, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, thanks for, thanks for giving me one last thing to complain about, Pat. Like, <laughs> Go appreciate ahead and that. Read it. Say so it this loud. is, this is the, it, it's on the section. So, um, and, and I want to emphasize what I'm about to read here, uh, is what Quoth knows his smile communicates. I won't keep that in, keep that in mind. Like he is sure that this is what it is communicating. Okay, so he's referring to these people that these men that Den, are, Den is showing up with. So they hated me, and it shone in their eyes when Denna wasn't looking. I would offer to buy another round of drinks, but he would insist, and I would graciously accept and thank him and smile. I have known her longer, my smile said. True, you have been inside the circle of her arms, tasted her mouth felt the warmth of her, and that is something I have never had. But there is a part of her that is only for me. You cannot touch it, no matter how hard you might try. And after she has left you, I will still be here, making her laugh. 
my light shining in her. Once more, my light shining in her. I will still be here long after she has forgotten your name. Shit fucking sucks, dude. Like, it, it sucks so hard. How do you fit all that into a smile? Dudes do <laughs> not rust. The most like r slash m, but what's men go their own ways? Bullshit. <laughs> it's incel it's shit like, in some ways. It also reeks. Again, this is my like you know beyond whatever patch going through. This sounds so much like um, virgin discourse in medieval literature, <laughs> right? Of like, of like, what? What, like there's this whole like uh, what's so. The- Real quick, Augustine, uh, uh, Augustine of Hippo, St. Augustine, has this whole section where he's like, listen, um, if a woman is uh, uh, sexually assaulted in some ways, she can, she's still a virgin so long as she wasn't there for it, right? She wasn't sort of with it because virginity is something pure inside you, blah, blah, blah. Horseshit. That's taken up the Middle Ages, medieval you know, stuff really strongly of like, of, of, you know, trying to prove whether or not someone's still a virgin post something like this. And it has this, this, but it has this almost exact language of there's a part of her that is only for me the lord right mm-hmm. you cannot yeah. touch it no matter how hard you might try like this this thing again it's beyond just like him owning denna beyond him just being jealous it's pat writing in such a way whether conscious or not that is using exactly the language of christian virgin discourse and that to me is just so fucking weird it sucks so much but i think i think he doesn't even clock it because the dennis character in this entire thing like there's lines in this where she says so am i a lost treasure or a failing and he's like you're both and then when he's talking about her after he's like said that little monologue you just read out like Simon and Willem are like she seems cruel and he's like yeah she's a wild thing like a hind or a summer storm Um, and it's like she's a she's a girl (laughs) yeah no woman please be careful there she's yeah Yeah. sorry to go back to what Daniel said um to me, the language he's using is not the language of medieval Christian virgin, whatever the fuck you said. It's the language of like an R slash friend zone yeah. post mm. where, you know, he's talking about, oh, actually, the friend zone is good, but he's still very much a person who's posting an R slash friend zone. Yeah, because he does want to fuck No, you're 100% right on that, I think. I mean, and also the, the other thing uh, to what Robin, I think, said none of, and this is consistently uh, very obvious to me throughout the book, this read-through, none of the Denna stuff has anything to do with Denna herself. It's all yeah. about the idea of Denna, about Kvothe's quote-unquote rivalry with the men who are also trying to own Denna. Like, she's not a nugget of gold in a hillside. You, She's a girl. He never puts in an effort to, like, get to know her. Just at all. The fucking... The scene where they're high. And I'm, you know, I'm being treated by the Moto Zushi scenes where Long Wangji is drunk and it's just a very fun scene and he's revealing his innermost feelings and desires. One, I have come to expect that in a scene where one character is high, they're going to reveal their innermost feelings and desires. After the one with Denna, we are left with absolutely no <laughs> further information about her, about her motivations, about what she... We know that she nearly died when she was a baby. That's but she She did nothing. die. She Grit. Did, I I rem- I didn't notice that that until this read because I think that's important. I have a feeling it's going to be very important. 
Dana died, and that's why she's wondering why she's even here. <sighs> but the thing is, that's that's lore plot. Great, the trans Chandrian, I'm sorry, the Blue Man Group brought her back from the dead with their sweet music. That'll come back. We don't. We that does not tell us anything about the character of Dena. Yeah. Yeah. No, at all. We know nothing about her. You like that's they end up they're going to be killed by a dragon. One of them's high. They end up spooning for warmth or whatever. It's it sucks. It's fine. Like at the end of that. That does not change the relationship between Quoth and Dena in any way whatsoever. They go back to doing the exact same thing in the mm-hmm. exact same way that they've been doing like the rest of the book. I'm just so disappointed in it. Yeah, definitely. Remember that fucking like Red Letter Media thing about like you know can you describe a character without like their function in the plot and the way they look and like you know who they're related to or whatever? Like I, I kind of. <sighs> We can like we can do that with quote, I guess. Hmm. And I we like can music. maybe do that with like fucking Elodine. I like I'm not even gonna grace this text with bothering to try. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care enough. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't I, I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about Dana for sure. This is also like a she's, she's like a stone. She has ring. a perfect ear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so there's there's a lot of ways you can come nose. at like being annoyed at with being upset with this novel in a lot of ways and this is also like i mean we're coming towards the end of the when we are at the end of reading this um and it's just one thing i the world of publishing is horse shit to begin with it's a it's a rat race where everyone's trying to you know rat fuck each other and get published because they know blah 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 so but you read a book like this and you have people not only filling in a lot of the blanks for you right but are like begging you like i just want to know more about these characters you wrote right like that like all of us who are like you know very much not quoth pilled are still saying we just want to hear more about denna we just want to hear more about the tell us more pat and like meanwhile there's like you know scores of fantasy authors who you know might not be you know uh, you know might not have just gotten the break and there's a lot of shit fantasy authors out there who are not published as well i don't want to say like every unpublished fantasy author is good uh, sturgeon's law still applies 90% of everything is shit but like there are people out there who you know have their ocs their cool novel ideas that nobody cares about because it's not published but here we have this like piece of shit that at some point neil gaiman and ursula Guin or whoever else you know praised it said it was good we all read when we were younger like yeah it is pretty good and we're begging this guy to you know like little piggies to feed more slop to us and give us some more just give us some more information instead of just going man your characters suck ass actually i don't want to know anything else about your fucking characters go fuck yourself man like i'm out <laughs> but instead we're like tell us more mr pat and i know calling us pigs at the slop eating slop after describing pig fuckers for the whole thing is kind of freudian i don't mean to get into that but uh, i just want to acknowledge <laughs> Yeah, in the in the like the secondary, uh, you know, Quoth Killer Con- Chronicles podcast discussion podcast, they'll probably dig into that a lot. Yeah. So, um, look out for that. Yeah, can't wait for the Quoth Killer Chronicles Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It would be really Chronicles Chronicle. You get one. <laughs> um, I'm very sorry. curious to hear who, like, how everyone feels. Obviously, <laughs> compared to the beginning of how we felt about Quoth and just the story, I guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin on that and save it for next episode. Oh, are oh, we yeah. doing another one? Doing another one? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I thought we would do a wrap up. Shit, did I not make that clear? Oh no, <laughs> no, that's fine. 
That's fine, because um, we've been going for a while and yeah. we still haven't talked about anything oh. that happened like after the Dragon Adventure, which is still like 80 more pages <laughs> of books. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some like vaguely interesting to me stuff that happens whenever we switch back to the inn. The quotes discover the name of the wind is pretty cool. Uh, there's some Aori stuff, which is kind of neat. Um, I know, Robin, you did say that you find the part when Quoth actually finally does kill the Trackers pretty sick. It's kind of epic. Um, yeah. I hate to say it, but it, it kind of is. I, I just find it very hard to read. Um, and I don't know this because, like, I find reading hard to do. So I only generally read, like, every other line. And I just have had no idea what happened <laughs> and didn't care enough to go back and read it again to discover what happened. Mm. Um, cause like at that point my patience had kind of run out and I was sort of <laughs> skimming things. And if I can't pick it up by skimming, I'm like, meh, this can't be that important. Yeah. No, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else yeah. got anything to say about the fun crucifixion metaphor with the dragon? I liked it. Um, yeah, it's fine. Um, I want to say for next episode, I want us to focus on the only actual erotic. I want us to talk about for a moment. The only actual erotic scene in this entire book. What, when his parents uh, are making out? <laughs> What's that? When his parents are making out? <laughs> no, that no, all right, that it? is pretty hot. I was sorry, sorry. The second was it uh, when he was it when he pulled out his fuck me red apples? <laughs> no, oh, that is pretty hot too. No, this is this is not. We didn't talk about it this time. For uh, next time after the Dracus, where Bast like approaches Chronicler and is like, "I own you. I own all of you." Extremely and they're like, hard. they're like chest yeah. to chest, and it's, it's just like it, it's a <laughs> it's it's getting a little bit Isn't into that. Like five minutes of ASMR in the audiobook also. <laughs> It's oh like God. I I know it's supposed to be threatening, um, but I I like one hundred percent read this. It's like they're both into it. Uh, that's my, that's my, I love that. Actually. They're both like really like yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's an incredible way to read that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that scene did interest me though because I'd forgotten about the part at the end where Bast you know breaks into Chronicle's room and is like Chronicler. This was all. It's everything is according to Kikaku. This was my plan all along. Mm. I dropped hints that and got you to come here so that uh, Coat would tell his story so that because mm. through the act of telling his story he will remember who he is and realign his identity to the old Quoth. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's cool. He's like, please nice. make my boyfriend not depressed. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, that's probably, you know, what Pat says about being really interested in the power of stories. I'm like, yeah, that does sound like the power of stories. Like, your identity is the thing you project upon yourself. Cool. But, again, like, it's the end of the book and I'm out of patience. (laughs) Men will literally tell their entire life story to a chronicler instead of going to therapy. (laughs) But also, that last part, Patrick Rothfuss keeps reminding me that there are that better things are possible, and I yeah, and like <laughs> you get this final part where you finally have a character who's not quote who wants something, uh, has mm-hmm. has desires that we don't fully understand yet, uh, and and wants to do something, and he has this conversation with somebody else to the side, and it's just like wow, like an interior person. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't why you, you know you want your reshi back or whatever. Uh, I don't know what your big connection is here, but at the very least, it's kind of cool. It's like, oh my god, this is a characters in a novel that kind of oh, this is great. And yeah. then it ends. I'm always like, like looking oh. at the chapter list to see like when the next interlude comes because like the West oh, the best part. scenes are yeah. like easily the best, like the most yeah. enjoyable <laughs> scenes of the book somehow. And yeah. yeah, like there's the part where like Cobb and the squad come back in. We get another mention of Crazy Martin. Shout out to mm. Crazy Martin. Shout out to Crazy Martin. <laughs> I was pogging. 
<laughs> and like Cobb and the squad like start cut they come in for their evening drink and they start telling stories about Kvothe and like we because we've now heard the like quote unquote real version of those stories, we can like tell what those are based on, how they've been distorted over time, how they've been edited and like that's that's fun and cool. But speaking of Pog, uh we're just gonna look over the, <laughs> we're, we're we're just gonna look over the part of the chapter that's titled Pegs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, I wish the, that the, was in here. Real quick, uh this is the last thing I, I want to say for the episode. I have nothing else to say after this. We'll say for the next time. It's the end of um it's the end of chapter seventy two, um page five twenty five for me, leading into seventy three. Um it goes, uh and after some gentle goading, Dennis sang for me one verse of Come Wash, a verse I had never heard before, which I suspect she made up on the spot. I will not repeat it here, as she sang it to me, not you. And since this is not the story of two young lovers meeting by the river, it has no er, particular place here, and I'll keep it to myself. Bitch, this isn't a a story of buying a horse. Sorry. uh, It's important. The transition is very important. Yeah. And since this is not a story of two young lovers meeting by the river, it has no particular place here, and I will keep it to myself. Chapter 73. Pegs. <laughs> oh, you keep all these pigs in these woods, and you know they're might great. They're might great at finding truffles. You know that one there is. She's the best at finding the truffles. She's my best peg. You might even call her the peg champ. <laughs> God, it's just so, fuck yeah. So close says the name of the wind. <laughs> Both don't say the name up, of the wind. Trying to come up with a joke for just like peg pegger, but that's the best mm. I got. <laughs> I think uh, Pat was just making out uh, Stevie Dan joke here. So <laughs> I think Quoth is getting pegged. I'm just I think it's easy as that. Bye, bust. Uh, come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> Diana. No, it's in the scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, shit. Um, yeah, that that's what happens. That that happens in uh, Wise Man's Fear. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, the Wise I'm Man's Fear sh- is the fear of getting pegged. <laughs> Legitimately, I think it does. I think when he's like, get spoilers. I think when he's with Felurian, there's a whole section about like butt stuff, where he's because he doesn't just because so for the spoiler, there's like a whole section where Quoth God, learns how to get good book. at sex by. Um, uh, learning how to have sex by the sex fairy, the sex god fairy. Uh, it gets brought into like the, the fae and, and gets to do that. And I think, and it doesn't describe all the sexual acts, but it does, it has a few paragraphs where Pat like describes certain things. And I'm pretty sure there was a, there's a moment about like, as she tried to tickle my bunghole or something <laughs> like that. I'm pretty sure that there's, there's something there. So I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making that up, but I'm pretty extremely sure. not looking forward to like, Please, I have I like, talk about the name of uh, stopped reading, uh, wise man's fear before I got to that chapter. <laughs> extremely <laughs> not looking forward to that. Oh God. Ah. Uh, <laughs> learns the name of the wind. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, I like it. It's good. The whole thing I'm about naming Leonardo is... DiCaprio pointing at the screen. That's the name of the book. Yeah. <laughs> kids, kids these days are all talking about being gamers when they should be considering being. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> you. <laughs> All y'all kids just want to be namers, but Master <laughs> Elodin just thinks you're lamer. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's... Lynn, Lynn, call me up. is still like my favorite character of the book, uh, even though like I know it's nothing. He's crazy. You know, it's just the promise of a character. 
<laughs> I just imagine yeah. him being played by like Jim Carrey. Oh, God. Yes. Okay, I like him 100%. Somebody name me. <laughs> that, no, that's Jim honestly Carrey. perfect. But, uh, uh, Somebody... Robotnik Jim Carrey. That's the. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, exactly. I was gonna I love- go with like the Riddler Jim Carrey. Oh no, I was thinking of the like I was just imagining him like pushing Quoth off the roof of a building and being like, ha, "Somebody stop me!" <laughs> <laughs> but no one will. No, I just I just um, imagining like fucking uh, the the arch chancellor, not arch chancellor. That's Terry Pratchett. The basically the arch chancellor of the university. No. Uh, be like, uh, I will not sanction your buffoonery to Elodie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of sanctioning buffoonery, they literally do sanction Kvost's buffoonery, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, which is, I do quite like the fact that um, the crimes he commits against Ambrose and other people are what consistently is getting him promoted up the yeah. ranks of the uni. Like, t- twice, <laughs> you know, again, like, doesn't make a pattern, but kind of weird that it happened twice, and I'm just kind of going to assume that it happens again. Uh, it's now it is becoming fun to me that the more crimes both commits, the like more he gets promoted. Yeah, yeah. he only fails upward. Is the th- even when he fails, it's still epic and good for him. It makes me kind of wonder if like maybe he is literally some kind of demigod, and we just don't know that yet. There's like it's definitely. There's definitely a like quote is a Chandrian fan theory out there. I, I just want to say like this this is the, one of the classic the classic quick test to see, you know, who who's got privilege in society and who doesn't is just like watch whose like fail sons just keep failing upward. Right? Like just just like just, whoever like keeps fucking up but still like climbing the social ladder, like that's that's who's fucking you know, uh, actually privileged. It, and I understand that, like, Quoth obviously has some shit he's gone through in his past, but it doesn't read like that, right? It reads like this is a guy who, like, got into Yale and then just after you yeah, got into like, Yale, just, like, you never can fail. It's like, Pat, um, yeah, actually, bring it back to the part with the accent. Like, the guy with the accent says, like, some, like, slurs against the Demaru and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it's like, Pat is, like, oh yeah, this is a society in which people are racist towards the Edemaru, but it's kind of like he can't actually imagine in his white little brain what <laughs> systemic racism, like how that might affect you in an institutional situation. Yeah, that's such a great point. Yeah. No, it, like it, he there's... can't conceive that this might also affect here. Like racism is something that happens when someone calls well, you a slur in the pub. I want to go. I want to go a step further than that because what like, exactly? But what 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 what, what Pat sort of does is with this because we have another section uh, in this in this part that we read where the sort of a Demaru part comes up and it's like, oh, we a Demaru know how to buy horses and look at horses, which obviously you don't. You obviously, you fucking don't. Right? That that was disproven pretty quickly. I, I got but, like, so mad. I was the, like, the, the oh, Adem- this guy just knows about horses now. Yeah, yeah, Demaru know how to do horse know how to do horse stuff because you know not only not only is it important for our, our livelihoods because apparently all of them are Romani travelers but um, also because people don't trust us they want to screw us over whenever we can so we really have to be on our game and this is one of those insidious parts of like you know the race stuff and with Pat is like racism is never something that hurts you it's only something that like toughens you and makes you stronger right like it, it, it's, it's a hardship for you to go through and come out better on the other side like every bit of a demaru racism that quoth has ever gone through for in his life which isn't much but it is some just makes him smarter stronger better right mm. and that's that's one if you ever want to see like 
does somebody who's writing about race and racial racial stuff like not understand what's going on like not understand what the you know production of race is like does look at if they treat it as like a full positive thing something where it's like a hardship to get over as opposed to like a systemic chronic you know problem and that's one of the ways you can kind of tell who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about and that so so exactly what you're saying sarah but even i get i take it even a step beyond like it's not just yeah it's not just racism is only slurs. It's racism is actually beneficial if you think about it, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, Anish. I'm just I'm too exhausted to talk about how cool the naming part is at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can do it. It's fine. I he can't. also like put it too late into the book, so I I know it's like the the dragon. Sorry, the dragon stuff happens. That's like oh, like the book might end, and then it just like keeps going yeah for yeah two random chapters i'm like okay yeah maybe maybe pat's doing something interesting where uh the reason that the book sort of ends is because quoth or quoth in present day gets interrupted by a guy coming into the inn and like oh that's interesting because it reminds us this is a story being told and it's not uh that someone plotting out the structure of a book even though it fucking is but it like it just feels like a letdown at, at the end of the day, one just simply feels a bit let down. You should have fucking skipped the Dracus thing, put it in the next book. Yeah. And end this one on, like, you know, lead to the naming thing in some other way, because that's, like, clearly the naming thing, like, Quoth clearly needs to say the name of the wind in book one, because it's the title of the book. Hmm. Yeah. I do, I do actually, there was, like, a part earlier where Quoth, when he gets, like, the people try and kill him in an alley, so he, like, runs away and keeps running, and he goes to the, there's, like, a courtyard where leaves are falling, um, and, like, he goes there and, like, he watches the leaves in order to calm down, and, like, mm. the pattern of the leaves and the way they're moving in the wind, and he also starts talking about, like, oh, hi, oh, he's an endemory, he's not meant to be, he's always meant to be free like the wind. <laughs> and, but, you know, the part where he's watching the leaves fall is very, like, evocative. And I'm like, oh, this really makes you feel like he is the type of person who is going to become one with the wind and learn the name of the wind. And I was like, oh, I'm nodding in time with this mm-hmm. beat. I'd it's like right. to point out something interesting that the, like, canonical illustrations of this version have, which Ooh. is whenever there's, like, a section with wind, it's always illustrated as, like, what's it called? The, like, the bars of, like, a music thing. So I think it's, it has something to do staff. with music. Yes. Oh, staff. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a musician. <laughs> now there's Pat. Quoth's uh, staff has a knob at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Over. I think Same. we have we have anything. Like Two we, hours. Yeah, brain is uh, my brain is cooked. You're telling me a shrimp yeah. fried this brain. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me a bard fried this brain. <laughs> You're telling me a dracus um, was this dracus. Our bra- our brains have been like polished perfectly smooth. So. Um, but yeah, next episode, what I want to do is wrap up, evaluate the book as a whole, evaluate how close pilled we are, uh, kind of decompress a bit and recover from having read this novel, um, because that is necessary. Um, For sure. Yeah. But apart from that, we have been Close Killer Chronicles. You cannot find us on the internet. Incorrect. As of this episode, you can now find us on Twitter at killer underscore kvoth. But you can find us all individually. Uh, Janos, you're at the top of the uh, Discord <laughs> list. Um, hi, I'm Janos. Hello. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Um, hope everyone had a nice chill time with the Quoth Killer Chronicle. You get one. 
<laughs> uh, it's not the title of our podcast. We're still pl- plural, um, which is very wrong of us. Anyway, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Janusz Kapowali. Um, you can listen to my many podcasts. Some of them I do and drop in, and some of them I don't. Um, <laughs> the I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the ones we do together to you. Okay. <laughs> so you have more things to plug, okay. uh, but. If you, if you, if you hate Robin for some reason and just want to hear my voice, <laughs> uh, you can listen to A Song of Babies and Puppies where we read, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, currently reading A Storm of Swords. Very good book. Uh, and you can also listen to Lynchpin where we watch everything David Lynch has done. Uh, as, as long as it's something that is readily available, because I still don't know if we're gonna be able to watch on the air on, or not. So if you're a big on the air fan, <laughs> let us know how we can watch it. Send in a Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. You can also listen to this podcast, um, that you've just listened to. Maybe just like start it from the beginning again, because it's your favorite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Summer? Yes. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Stellar Ghost. Excuse me. And uh, let's see. Yeah, just uh, check out my other podcast that I currently have going with my partner, uh, my pod cabbages about Avatar The Last Airbender. That's all I got. Hold <laughs> on. I love that. Um, yeah, as, as Janos said, we do a couple of podcasts together. I guess it's multiple now because we uh, do uh, Who Watches the Watch, which is a reread slash watch of all things Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Um, and uh, we also, in our bonus episodes for that, have been writing a young adult fantasy novel called Heartspell. But we are releasing those episodes publicly a lot slower than the, the Patreon feed. Um, if you want to get ahead on the story, you should uh, give us money. But um, <laughs> if you just want to listen to a, a, a much better book than this, then you can <laughs> you can just Google Heartspell and it should hopefully come up. I don't know what our SEO is like. Um and also, yeah. I do uh, podcast. Well, I did. I don't know if we're going to do another episode at some point. I say this every week. Um, uh, Fred says fuck, which is a Scooby-Doo retrospective with Chaz, friend of the show. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Dipper Brokus. I just, you know, Name of the Wind would be a better book if there was an evil YouTuber in it who was called Studio Pie. It's so true. <laughs> and also he had a clone called Tootie Pie. Who <laughs> was even evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is huge spoilers for those who only listen to the free feed but you're also gonna know, forget I'll, I'll by the time you get I'll bleed the mic Daniel do you have anything to plug this week? Uh, you know, not, not, nothing as usual but um, uh, Kazawish Guru's uh, new novel is coming out in a few days uh, uh, Clara and the Sun uh, I am a huge Ishiguru stan so um, he's, he's the bloke who wrote um, Never Let Me Go Remains of the Day Pale, uh, Pale Bio Pills uh, artist in a floating world. Anyway, all great novels. Uh, he slaps, and I don't know if his newest novel is going to be good, but I assume it's going to be. He's so, amazing. Uh, Remains of the Day still makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, Remains of the Day is super good. I teach um, Pale View of Hills, but um, next time I um, teach my writing course, we're just going to be reading Ishiguro um, and writing on that. So, sort of hype for it. Um, Buried Giant is a really, inc- I mean, it's an incredible novel. Anyway, his new one's coming out. So, for, for those of you want, who are done with this podcast, done hearing about a shitty book, I'm sure this is going to be a, 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 you know, at least mid-tier banger. Like, there's no way it can't be. 
I, I, yeah, I'm like, I've been linking them in chat. Um, so people can click on links. Um, I have been Sarah. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Mook Costumes. You can find my Yu Gi Oh podcast, Pod of Greed. You can join the Discord if you go to kaiba.online. I just think that's a fun place to go. And I also have an absurdist uh, Naruto podcast, which is not really about Naruto anymore. I don't know what it is about. Um, but you can find that if you go to narutohead.band. Uh, that's it. Uh, goodbye, everyone. And please, just, just. Somebody stop me. <laughs> somebody stop me. In the words of Master Elodie, somebody stop me. 